Welcome to the Sermon of the Week at New Hope Community Church. We hope that you're blessed and encounter God's presence as you listen to this message. Well, it's been just a treat to, to be with a bunch of you over the last couple of days, and it's an honor to see some of you again. It's been a year since I was here, and um, so I'm, I'm honored to be back. I, I don't know if I've, um, I, I, I want to just draw attention to a couple things this morning before I get going, and that would be that there is an app that you can download to get into uh, really what we do at Loving on Purpose is we're just, we're just building strength into how do we do this thing that Jesus said was so important, which is to love each other. You know, we love each other in, in just daily life. Uh, we love each other in our families. Uh, we love each other in our workplaces. Believe it or not, it really is a, a leader's job to lower anxiety and to, and to build team and connection towards goals. That's, that's what we do. And if we, if we don't do that, then we're essentially oppressive slave drivers at some level without the official title. And so learning to drive fear out of relationships is exactly what we're doing. There are, depending on how you learn, you know, if, you're, if you read, there's blogs. We, we release a blog every week. So at this point, there's, there's just tons of them. Uh, if, you, if you like to watch stuff, there's videos and, and uh, content on YouTube. There are podcasts. If you're, if you're a listener, I'm just trying to get it to you. Just trying to figure out how to get, what is your learning style? I don't know. I'm just trying to get it in there. And then the, the Life Academy is the e-courses. This is where you want to go to the next level. You want to, you want to enroll in that. And then there is really, uh, there's community learning where, where people are gathering together with some of my, my facilitators. There is individual learning. It's an e-course with an outline, eight sessions, 20 minutes apiece. It's, uh, it, it's really about diving in further to all these things that we're talking about. So there you go. That's what I want to talk to you about. But this is really what I came here to talk to you about. Um, we're talking about tomorrow. We're talking about moving forward. We're talking about uh, the abundant life that Jesus has promised us and that he is providing for us. Um, I love to hear guys like Harold have to reset goals, you know? <laughs> I mean, at some point, he thought that was a big goal that he just accomplished, you know? At one point, he thought, this could be impossible. You know, this could be impossible. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. I'm only... I need, I need some more goals. That's, 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 how we're, that's how we are designed to live. We are designed to live to see the impossible happen over and over and over. And if we don't see it, if dreams are not coming true in our life, our heart gets sick. Our heart gets sick and, and our, our system gets filled with toxin. And that toxin comes out of your pie hole. You sound like somebody besides a believer. And, and if, we, if we spend very much time 
not seeing dreams coming true, then we get around an excited person. You get a new believer shows up. Oh, God is so huge. He's so amazing. You know what I'm going to do? You're like, hey, you know what? You need, uh, you need a spirit to calm down. <laughs> and I am just the mentor to bring it to you. And so we don't realize that what it's coming from is, is, is our hope's been deferred. We hit, we hit a, a heartbreak. We hit a, a, a wall. We hit an obstacle. We, and we, and we, we gave up. We quit. We changed what was established to draw us through the storm. We changed it. We let go of the rope. That thing that was pulling us through the storm, we let go of it. And, uh, and, and we end up blaming it on him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm about to burst into tears listening to these, these children building bricks because of the sins of their mothers and fathers. And just, this is my life. My life is to, is to build bricks, and there's no way out. And then they say, oh, no, there is a way out. There is a way out. See, here's the difference between slaves and free people, is slaves don't dream. You can't dream. You're, you're just locked into an oppressive routine. Slaves cannot dream. But when the captives were released from Zion, or uh, the captives of Zion, when, when they are released from captivity, when, when God's people are released from captivity, the Bible says that we were like those who dream. This is step one of leaving slavery. All of a sudden, I mean, these little kids, once they start to dream, it is a different existence as it will be for their children and their children's children. And the blessing goes on to a thousand generations. Why? Because of step one. Step one is we become like those who dream, and all of a sudden, Do you know what is possible? We're all just like so excited. We're like, we're like children who walk into a room full of unopened Play-Doh. Like, oh my gosh, do you know what we could do? Have you ever made gray Play-Doh before? And then all these dreams that are gathering up begin to build a reputation in our heart of how good our daddy is. Amen. And I can't stop telling you about it. I can't stop. You know what he did today? Oh my gosh, you know what? You're not going to believe the miracles that we saw today. And not only for me, but for my friends. You do. Let me tell you about what God's doing for them. 
in this testimony culture is Christianity. Christianity is boasting in our Lord. Boasting about what He's done again. Not only for me, but everybody around me. He is so good. He is so good. And somehow, we forget to dream. We shift, we shift right off of who we're called to be and, and live, and we shift off to, I don't know, yeah, I got some hopes. Yeah, I got a couple of things I'd like to. Yeah, I hope I could pay my rent. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Glory. It'll be a miracle. Be good to save some money. That'd be good. That'd be wrong. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Yeah. I'm gonna give Harold and Linda twenty bucks. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. Shaba, shaba. Yeah. I know of a man who who met a stranger in an airport. They got to talking. And the man says, uh, he says, Matt, what do, what do you dream about? And Matt says, oh, I dream about traveling the world and, and, uh, and dancing with people, getting people to dance with me. I want to dance in every country in the world and get people to dance with me. And he's like, huh, that's, that's kind of wild. But you know what? Matt, I want to partner with you to see your dream come true. Matt, what's your dream? Oh, I want to dance, dance around the world and have people join me. I want to, I want to help you see that come to pass. How much do you think that costs? That's one of seven videos that I know of. Stranger asks another stranger. What's your dream? I'd love to partner with you. I'd love to see that come to pass. Wow. I don't know how this happened, but somehow, I mean, imagine your child at Christmas. You say to your child, honey, we had a really good year this year. We had such a good year. What do you want? Tell me what you want for Christmas. Anything. Sky's the limit. Tell me. What do you want? And your child says, Oh, Father, not my will, but your will be done. <laughs> no, baby, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I mean, anything. What do you want? Anything you want. Anything you want. Anything. Oh, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. 
Oh, baby, what? Have you been going to church? <laughs> Where did you learn to see me like this? Anybody, anybody here have children? Yeah? You, uh, anybody love them? <laughs> How many of you want to see your children's dreams come true? Uh, anybody uh, willing to invest as much as you can in that? Yeah. Um, How many of you think you're better than God? No. I don't know what happens, but we somehow see how much we love our children, how completely devoted we are to seeing their success. I mean, there are just few things as exciting as to see your children get it, you know, get become. It's so fulfilling. It's just so, oh, like, I don't know what else I could have accomplished on this earth except that right there. Okay, Yahtzee. And we know how to give good things to our kids. How much better at this is he than we are? We're actually designed. We're actually designed by the greatest dreamer ever fashioned in his image. Literally, I mean, you can see in, in Scripture that, that we are designed in such a way to show off through how we dream our purpose for being here. I mean, if you took a, if you took a list of all the people, all the dreams in this room, uh, some of you would look at other people's dreams and go, oh, that's, that's what I think hell would be like. to dance in, in tights in front of strangers. Yes, that's, that's what would be hell. That would be hell. That's what's, that's what's happening in hell right now. <laughs> See, everybody in here is designed so completely different. I mean, if you have more than two children, you're wondering what happened. And then you remember, wow, all the DNA combo possibilities. You're like, okay, there it is, right there. Oh, y'all, oh, okay. Okay, wow. Try, try to get all your kids the same gift for Christmas. Here you go, here you go, here you go. No, it doesn't work like this. It doesn't work in any relationship like that. Every single child is designed so completely different. And your dreams, what it is that's in there that's trying to get out and be expressed in your life is evidence to everyone who's watching why you're here. You're here on this planet to happen like that. Please hope. Please dream. 
please don't walk away from why you're here. And don't try to be somebody else. Don't, don't try to pick up somebody else's dreams. I heard Bill say one time, if people knew who God designed them to be, they would never want to be somebody else. I go, that's, that's going to live in eternity. That's just going to just keep happening. But you've got to have permission. You've you got to have permission to dream. Big dreams. Big dreams. I, I ran a... Uh, uh, batterers treatment program for uh, men and women who'd been convicted of domestic violence. They had, they had to come spend two and a half hours a week with me for a year, or they could go to jail for a year. That was their options. I had all kinds of friends. I was like, hey, hey, they chose me. And it was in that, that opportunity, it was in that, that space with them that uh, over and over and over, I, I learned so many things about them, but one of them was that they, they didn't know how to drink. Most, most of them were just trapped in, in this oppressive routine of being a slave. I, I, I had a, one guy, he had just retired, so he was in his you know, mid-60s. His name's Carl, and uh, Carl... Uh, was following a, a, a truck hauling big logs and he was going up a mountain road and it came a passing lane and, and Carl went to pass him and the lane ended and the, the, the logging truck came over in his lane and cut him off and, and so Carl got so mad he chased the guy down he finally you know, dangerously passes him stops his pickup in front of this log truck the log truck has to stop in the middle of the road and Carl gets out with his 44 and he starts shooting holes in this truck. That is illegal in California. <laughs> we have strict gun laws there. Carl and I got to talking about, you know, his life, and he said, my, 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 my dream is to uh, sell everything that I have and buy a brand new motor home and travel around the United States. Okay, so you kind of what you're saying is that one day you hope to wake up dead in a campground. Yeah. Okay, I just check, yeah. This man has worked his whole life. He's worked his whole life. He worked 35 years for this company. And his, his hope is, is right here. I said, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I, I'm not knocking that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just clarifying it. Because when we dream with God, here's what happens. We become dissatisfied. Now, when I talk about dreams, you're, you're going to see later, I'm not talking just about, you know, like I want to see everybody in the world get saved. Uh, I, I, okay, that's great. But if you were here with Eric and, and um, 
Somebody else mentioned it. Ivan, Ivan, they both mentioned, you know, like, what do you want? Those were these things on the table. And it stirs this up. Like, what do you want? Not, what do you think I want you to want? What do you want? I mean, if, if you ask your child, what do you want? And they said, uh, black socks. No, no, that's what you think I want you to want. No, that's, no. Once we begin to mix this with who God is, all of a sudden we, we uh, I, I go to Brazil with Randy Clark. Uh, yeah, Brazil. And uh, there's 40 people from the United States came around. I had 12 people from Bethel. And uh, we were getting to know each other. We didn't really know each other. And none of these people knew each other. So we get on a bus. We go to the first venue. We we, you know, we, did, we went through our ministry training. We're there. Boom, people come. Get back in the bus, and Randy says, okay, who saw a deaf ear open? You know, and somebody raises their hand. Who saw a blind eye open? Somebody raises their hand. Who, somebody saw, who, who saw paralysis leave? You know, who, you know. So eventually, throughout this, this journey, more and more people are raising their hands, and pretty soon everybody's raising their hands. Every stop, we all saw a miracle. Everyone, except this guy named Chad. Chad from Ohio. He's just sitting there. And pretty soon people don't want to sit by Chad. Like, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with them, but nothing. nothing. So last night, we get to this venue. 7,000 people are in plastic patio chairs in this cement step amphitheater. It was just the craziest room I'd ever been in. And the stage was just miles in every direction, it felt like. And Randy gets up there and does his thing, and calls us up. There's 40 of us, right? We're just lined across the front of the stage. And he says, okay, who wants a miracle? Come down. So 3,500 people come down. So we're all standing there and we're just surrounded by people that's pressing in and you can't even see the person next to you. You're just surrounded by people. You have an interpreter. And we learned a couple of Portuguese words, you know, like Spirito Santos. Like, okay, that kind of Spanish. I can do that, you know? And then... Fire is fogo. Mas fogo. Fuego? Yeah. Portuguese, not Spanish. Fogo, right? Fogo, yeah. That's, hey, hey, I was trained. <laughs> and it's not mas. It's not mas. Mas is Spanish. Portuguese is mice. Mice. Little rat, little white rat. <laughs> Mice fogo. You say it, you say it, but you think little white rat. <laughs> mice fogo, mice fogo. <laughs> mice Spirito Santos. <laughs> so you got to jump through all that. Well, Chad, poor Chad, he's standing there going, mice, mice. You know. Surrounded by people, they bring this little girl in front of them. This little girl is in this carriage thing with four wheels and her her legs are are bowed from shuffling this thing she's got calluses up the side of her ankles from she's eight years old she's never walked a day in her life and she's in front of chad and he's like oh oh you need a miracle <laughs> this is a no miracle zone right here oh Oh, mice. 
mice, fogo, mice, fogo. And the little girl says to the interpreter, my feet are getting hot. And he says, what? What? Mice, mice, fogo, mice, mice. She says, my legs, my legs are on fire. Mice! Mice, fogo! She says, my whole body, my whole body's on fire. And Chad turns into Benny Hinn. <laughs> Lift her out of there! So they lift this little girl out of the chair and they're walking back and forth with her. And he goes, mice, mice. And then pretty soon, this little girl is walking all by herself. This little girl is walking all by herself. Well, Randy sees her. Randy sees her. He calls her up. So she comes up these steps. She gets on this stage. And it's like everybody in the room knows this little girl or something. The whole place goes crazy. Like Brazil won the World Cup or something. And I'm just thinking, we're going to be here all night. That's what I think. <laughs> so we go, back to, we go back to the bus, and Randy goes, uh, so who saw a little girl walk for the first time in their life? And Chad's raises his hand. Like, Sorry to be late to the party. I... Well, we go back to the hotel. We had to come back to the venue for uh, some equipment we had to pick up. We get back, and this lady comes running out to the bus, and she jumps on the bus and she says, I gotta tell you the rest of the story. Okay. She says, that little girl came to the meeting last night with a friend of the family. Friend takes her home, opens the front door. She walks in the living room. The whole family is there. Everybody's freaking out. What's going on? So the friend shares the gospel and everybody in the house got saved that night. like a Bible story or something. Wow. That'll do something to your motorhome trip. All of a sudden, my whole life has been filled with possibility. And once you realize that the grace of God partners with your dreams and empowers your dreams, all of a sudden, that, that effort to shut you out, to stop your dreams, to extinguish your fire. All of a sudden you realize, me plus His grace on these dreams makes me inextinguishable. i got to tell you, I mean, I, I'm running out of time, but I, 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 I can't tell you that, I, I can't believe that I do what I do. Like, I hate being the center of attention. I hate it. I am really uncomfortable in large groups of people. I, I don't ever want to be in charge. I hate confrontation. <laughs> Look what I do for a living now. This is grace on this guy's life. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I, when I got through high school, I got my transcripts back and I... I uh, was going to a, a four-year college. I had to, I was supposed to just hand it to him. I opened it. It says, do not open. I did. I was like, I, oh, it says, don't open. Well, now it's open. <laughs> My grade point average in high school started with a point. <laughs> I said to my friend, isn't there supposed to be a number on this one? <laughs> he said, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
0.865 is my grade point average. Four years of high school. I didn't read a book cover to cover until I was 26 years old. My English teachers would have a heart attack to know that I read a book, let alone have written five. <laughs> There's a grace that comes on your, your dream, and all of a sudden, you have a cape. <laughs> what has happened? What has happened? What has happened is that you believed him. You believed him. It, it, his partnership in your dream changes everything. We all know that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. We, we know that they're without repentance. I mean, you can't, you can't shake them, but it literally means that God has made a charitable donation to your organism. And he's never sorry that he did it. He's like, here you go. Here, here is my, I believe in your dreams. I believe in your destiny. And he's never sorry that he made that investment. And we know so many people that do a terrible job with that investment. So it begs the question, what are you doing? What are you doing with his donation to you? Where is it? What, what are the non-negotiables about your life? What are, the, what are these? Dreams are different than goals in that they're non-negotiables. Like, okay, I, I no, there's nothing that can change this course in my life. I was on an airplane one time leaving Reading, and I felt this, you know, this boom in the floor. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I've been on this flight 60 times. I've never heard that before. That was weird. And the producer and the flight attendant is on the intercom, and she got a look on her face that they should teach you in flight attendant school to hide. <laughs> and pretty soon she's on intercom. I need to make an announcement there won't be a regular beverage service. <laughs> there's been a pilot telling me there's a mechanical malfunction. I need you to assume crash positions. <laughs> Head down, stay down. And there was a, a, a flight attendant in the back of the plane flying, you get uh, getting a ride. But she knew the drill. So on the offbeat, she said, head down, stay down, head down, stay down, head down, stay down. And I'm looking around. I'm, I got, you know, I'm, I got my head up. <laughs> what is going on? I'm looking for smoke. I'm looking, we're making a nice bank turn. We're returning. You know, and people are, <laughs> and, and this is the worst part. Head down, stay down, head down, stay down, head down, stay down. Shut up. Stop it! You're freaking everybody out! <laughs> we had lots of students and stuff, and I was just praying, like, peace, it's going to be okay, it's going to be all right, it's going to be... Because I'm thinking, hey, wait a second. Here's a bunch of things I have not seen happen yet. This ain't today. This ain't today. I got some stuff that I am here for. 
And so we land the plane, park in the middle of the runway, get off on the tarmac, fire trucks everywhere, everything. I'm in the back of the plane, and so I'm one of the last ones off, and there's a crowd of people around me, or around the, you know, the go here area. And uh, when I get out, you know, I'm walking by them, they're all gathered up, and I'm thinking to myself, I didn't actually say it, but I was thinking to myself, you're welcome. This, you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> this is the safest plane you could have been on, I'm telling you. I got some things that have not happened yet, and I'm going to see them happen. What are your non-negotiables? What are you carrying around with you? What, what is so important in your life? Number one reason we give up on our dreams is we get scared. I just get scared. I get scared to hope. I get scared of hope. I get afraid to ever hurt like that again. That divorce, that bankruptcy, that what's going on with my child, I just get, I just get so scared. I remember Bob Jones one time came to Bethel and he said, the dogs of doom guard the door of your destiny. And at any time you walk towards that door, you hear these dogs, you better get away. You're going to fail miserably. You're going to be so humiliated. You'll never recover. And we back away. We back away. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If you haven't heard these dogs in a while, it's because you're probably nowhere near your door. But actually what happens is when you get near that door, when you walk up, if you just press in, reach for the handle, there's a motion light that comes on. And all of a sudden you realize these are not two 300-pound Rottweilers guarding this door. They're two chihuahuas with megaphones. <laughs> Seriously? Now, no animals were actually harmed in this illustration. <laughs> I can't believe I let you keep me from my dream. So think about it for a minute. If, if you knew there was no way you could fail, or you were ten times more courageous than you are right now, if you had ten times more courage than you walk in right now, than you live in right now, what would be different about how the rest of the day lives? I mean, you have to keep your clothes on. If you were ten times more courageous, think about it. How would your life live differently? I mean, I know sometimes we think, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not like that. I'm not like Tommy. I'm not, you know, I'm not all out there like Tommy. I'm, I'm, I'm more to my son. I, I want you to pay attention to this next story. Hi, my lovely. Hi. Welcome to America's Got Talent. How are you? Um, a little bit nervous. That's OK to be nervous. That's totally understandable. What's your name? Courtney. And how old are you? Thirteen. Oh, Thirteen. Wow. Um, what's your favourite subject in school? 
Music. What kind of music? I don't know. <laughs> you're very sweet. And I'm guessing you're going to be singing for us? Yeah. Listen, don't be nervous. I know this is a big stage and there's lots of people here, but you're here for a reason, so go for it and good luck. Thank you. you see how excited everybody was that she grabbed that handle? Yeah. Did you see her dad? You see how happy her dad is? She is born for this. I knew it since she was a little girl. You were born to dream. Nothing can stop that except you. What are your dreams? What do you dream about? All of heaven is waiting. All of this generation is waiting. We're all waiting. Let's all stand together. Oh, Father, we love you. We are so grateful. Oh, we are so grateful. You, you are here. You are with us. There is there's nothing that discourages you. You're like nobody we know. You are not afraid of one thing ever. So, Daddy, I just ask you to stir up our dreamer. Lord, call us to a hundred dreams. Call us to a hundred dreams that we would have a tutu. We would write it down so that we could run with that. That we would see it. We've seen it. You've shown us. We've been afraid to let it out. We've been afraid to hope for it. Lord, just call us to write it down. And then just remind us, even when we forget about it, Lord, we just check that list again and you just kissed us. Yeah, I did that thing that was so important to you that you forgot about. Yeah, we did that.
Daddy, thank you for loving us so deeply, so completely. One of the um, really cool things that happened to me about seven years ago is uh, I was at a conference. It was actually at Bethel, the children's um, leadership conference. And um, one of the leaders got up and said, I, I want you to write out 100 dreams. And I, it was really, really difficult. But the really cool thing about that exercise is if you have to write out 100, then you get past the hurdle of the few that you think God wants you to say. <laughs> so if you've got time this week and this message is burning in your heart, maybe if you're flying home today, uh, sit in the plane and just go through it. If you're going home to watch the Buffalo Bills lose, then, <laughs> you know, like make it actually an afternoon worth your while for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Um, we're Buffalo Bills fans here. It's, it's really sad, but, you know. <laughs> but I, I just encourage you to do that because, you know, one of the dreams that I had seven years ago was that I would get over my fear of public speaking. <laughs> and it was something that held me back for so many years. And I was completely convinced if I ever get up front and talk in front of people in a microphone, I will be humiliated. And I had a track record that I could have shown you to prove that that was actually true. So you could try to talk me out of it, but no, 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 you don't understand. It's happened. Like, that's actually happened. But uh, one, of the, one of the dreams, and it's actually the only one I remember from that time, was when I said, Jesus, I want to be able to speak in front of people without being completely terrified. And that was the beginning of a really awesome journey for me. And I said, God, I promise you that if you give me an opportunity, I will say yes. And it was terrifying. <laughs> and I just kept saying yes. Would you, Joy, would you just get up and open the service? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. I can do that. Terrifying. But uh, I'm here today as a testimony to, to say those, those dreams, God meets you there. <laughs> So, but that was probably dream number 26 on my list. I wouldn't have even gotten there if I hadn't gone through the process of actually like expanding my mind to say, there's more, what, what else is there? Um, so, so just go through that and dream with God. It's, this is really, really good. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you'd like to find out more of what's happening here at New Hope, please contact newhopecom.org or download additional messages from our podcasts.